Start selling on Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash CNN for a $1 per month trial. Hey, everyone. I'm David Chalian, the CNN political director. This is the CNN political briefing. Here's what you need to know in politics for Wednesday, August 2nd. Former President Donald Trump has been indicted by a federal grand jury in special counsel Jack Smith's investigation into efforts to overturn the 2020 election. A familiar headline now for you that Donald Trump, a former president of the United States, has been criminally indicted. He has been so in New York in a previous federal probe into the classified documents. But this indictment that came down yesterday from a grand jury in Washington that special counsel Jack Smith spoke to before cameras yesterday and the indictment was unsealed and you can read all 45 pages for yourself, which I urge you to do. This cuts to the very heart of our American democracy. It's a different indictment than the others that we have seen. This indictment charging Donald Trump with conspiracy to defraud the United States as president of the United States and as a frontrunner for the Republican nomination to seek that office again. I can't think of something that could be or should be more consequential than this case. Donald Trump now joins some 1,000 defendants who have been charged by the Justice Department for their actions on January 6th. Now, this indictment, January 6th is sort of a closing chapter to it. It is far more focused on what Donald Trump and his associates were doing between Election Day and January 6th. It is far more focused on the events to overturn the election than it is on the violence committed and destruction and death that occurred at the United States Capitol on the 6th of January. And that's by design, because Jack Smith clearly believes he has a more provable, winnable case beyond a reasonable doubt when it comes to the conspiracy, he alleges in this indictment, as it relates to things like putting forth a fake slate of electors or attempting to disrupt the government function of collecting, counting, and certifying votes. The four counts here are conspiracy to defraud the United States, conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding, obstruction of an attempt to obstruct an official proceeding, and conspiracy against rights. That's voting rights, the right of every American citizen of age and eligible to participate in voting. Smith said his office will seek a speedy trial for the case and that Donald Trump should be presumed innocent until proven guilty. The attack on our nation's capital on January 6th, 2021, was an unprecedented assault on the seat of American democracy. As described in the indictment, it was fueled by lies. Lies by the defendant targeted at obstructing a bedrock function of the U.S. government, the nation's process of collecting, counting, and certifying the results of the presidential election. The facts as they are laid out in the indictment, if you've been following any of this over the last two and a half years, will not seem new to you. In fact, the work of the January 6th committee in the House laid so much of the groundwork here for Smith and his investigators. Donald Trump maintains he did nothing wrong 
and he believes that these charges are purely political, given that he is a candidate for president. We also almost immediately started getting a real sense of how Donald Trump and his legal team plan to defend him against these charges. My colleague, Caitlin Collins, had an interview with Trump's attorney, John Lauro, last night on her show, The Source. Now, he thinks, Lauro, that the indictment is an attack on First Amendment rights. That so much of what Smith puts forward in the indictment is simply Donald Trump exercising his right to free political speech under the First Amendment. The other piece of the defense, it seems, is that Donald Trump was relying on and following legal advice that he sought out from counsel. Loro also keeps up Trump's argument that there are problematic political undertones in this case, that the Biden Justice Department bringing charges against his predecessor and his potential opponent to become his successor makes this inherently a political case. Here's some of what he had to tell Caitlin last night. The government has had three years to investigate this, and now they want to rush this to trial in the middle of a political season. What does that tell you? If we're going to have a a situation where the Department of Justice is going to fact check politicians and indict politicians for political speech and whether or not they're factually accurate, then this country will shut down politically because it's a never ending cycle of tit for tat. And that's the risk of injecting politics into the criminal justice system. Loro added that he could see a trial potentially lasting nine months or a year. Clearly, the Trump team is eager to move this past the election, see if they can delay this. Again, I urge you to read the indictment, but it lays out that Trump made, quote, prolific lies after the 2020 election. Now, what's amazing, the indictment also says Donald Trump has the right under the First Amendment to tell falsehoods about election fraud. Where this terms criminal is what the indictment says is when he acts on those falsehoods in this conspiracy to defraud the United States. It also clearly indicates that they're going to try to prove in court that he knew he was telling falsehoods, that everyone from his attorney general to his vice president to the head of the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency had told him there was no outcome determinative fraud in this election. It's also worth noting that there are six co-conspirators who are unindicted. CNN, through reporting and sourcing, has been able to identify some of them, namely attorneys like Rudy Giuliani, Sidney Powell, John Eastman, are some of these unindicted co-conspirators to the fake elector scheme, to pressure Mike Pence to illegally overturn the election results as part of his duties in the Senate on the 6th of January. For his part, here was Pence earlier today in Indiana. On that day, President Trump asked me to put him over the Constitution, but I chose the Constitution, and I always will. I really do believe that uh, anyone who puts themselves over the Constitution should never be president of the United States. And anyone who asks someone else to put themselves over the Constitution should never be president of the United States again. With regard to the substance of the indictment, I've been very clear. I had hoped it wouldn't come to this. But for my part, I want people to know that I had no right to overturn the election uh, and that uh, what the president maintained that day and frankly has said over and over again over the last two and a half years is completely false. And here's how Ron DeSantis, 
The second place candidate in the Republican nomination race, though far behind Donald Trump, responded to the indictment on Fox News earlier today. We need to put put all this stuff behind us by fixing the government, uh, by reconstitutionalizing it uh, and not have all this unnecessary stuff swirling around, dividing our country all the time. I'm the best situated to be able to get it done. But when you fix and you end weaponization, you also then can be able to deal with the economy. We can deal with the border. We can deal with uh, countering China. And remember, this is not going to be likely the final indictment as it relates to Trump's attempt to overturn an election. There is that Fulton County case down in Atlanta, Georgia, and D.A. Fonnie Willis is expected to bring an indictment there, perhaps within the next couple of weeks. So now, with the facts as they were alleged in this indictment, are out there for everyone to read. The question that now hangs over this 2024 presidential election, first for the Republican Party to answer, and then if Donald Trump is the nominee, for the broader general electorate in America to answer next year. Is this conduct that is alleged here okay for a president of the United States and someone seeking to have that job again? First, the Republican Party will answer that. And if he is successful in getting the nomination, broader American electorate is going to have to answer that question as well. That's it for today's political briefing. Thanks so much for listening. And if you like the show, please consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. We'll talk to you tomorrow.